Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Grant Henry. He also goes by Stemage in the video game music remix community. I met Grant at VGMCon here in April in Minneapolis, but he's been on the scene forever, uh, at least back to 2003 when he started a project called Metroid Metal, or at least when he posted a project called Metroid Metal. Since then, Grant has become an absolutely indispensable part of the VGM community, whether as a performer, a guitarist, a, a remixer, or a composer. We talk primarily about two of his original projects. Now, granted, there is a ton of music of his online, but we focus on two that really stood out to me. One is a soundtrack for the mobile game, Card of Darkness, that comes from the creator of Adventure Time. And the other, uh, and Grant did the uh, soundtrack for Card of Darkness, the other is an instrumental prog rock album that he wrote and released back in 2016 called Narrow Band, which I absolutely loved. So we talk about those two projects kind of in depth, and then we briefly talk about music that he did for the League of Legends spinoff called Hextech Mayhem. And uh, just seriously, there's so much music in this episode, and he's so prolific. It was just really fun to talk about all kinds of different projects with Grant. Join us on Discord. That link is down in the show notes. Uh, find us on YouTube. This conversation will be there, albeit without music. But uh, fun to uh, see that conversation there. Subscribe, give us a like, get all the notifications, all the things. And if you can support us on Patreon financially, that would be amazing. Find us at patreon.com slash level. All right, here's Grant. Yeah, well, my name is Grant Henry. I go by Stemage in the music verse. Uh, I've been doing music for fun and on my own for a very long time and got into the video game remix scene uh, going on about 20 years now. Uh, and then I've slowly transitioned over the years to doing music for games and other kinds of multimedia experiences. And uh, I don't know, I think it's a transition that's that a lot of composers actually went through, which is which is fun. Um, but yeah, I'm primarily a guitar player and love my rock and roll, but I've been, I've been branching out a lot in the last few, few years into all kinds of different fun experiments. So um, a lot of different kinds of projects going on right now, but I'm, I'm proud to, to make music for a living work at this point in my life. Never thought mm -hmm. I, would, I would do it, but it's actually working. So yeah, that's great. Um, when did that start? How young were you? Did you always know that you wanted to be a musician? Well, I mean, I was a I was a rocker. I, I I picked up a guitar because of Steve Vai, and I guess always thought I wanted to be like the guy on stage. But I the once I discovered recording, I played standing up a lot less and just started <laughs> writing songs. I uh, being inspired by all the the bands I loved and trying to ape them, and and um, you know meeting a lot of really cool guys in college. Uh, never always thought that I wanted to keep music on the side. I went to school for multimedia and I did web dev for a long time, e-commerce mm. stuff. And I was like, you know, if I just keep it on the side, it's always fresh. And I, I think that um, when I finally had the opportunity to do it, I just, you know, my wife put it like, just go for it. If it doesn't work out, you can always get a real job, you know, <laughs> it, can, it can be, it's okay. So yeah. I, I went for it and I found that I feel like it's um, 
it's it's affected me a lot of different ways. I, I don't feel like I necessarily have the same amount of time to do the for fun for me stuff as I used to, but I've also been stretched in a lot of different directions that I would not have been able to otherwise. So, um, you know, I, I, I never thought I would do this for a living. I never had the intention of doing this for a living, but I did enough of it and I've met enough people that here we are. Yeah. Your your output, like just on Bandcamp alone, you, you've got dozens of albums and I didn't. Do you know how many you have up on there right now or how many offerings? I don't. I, yeah. I mean, there, some are albums, some are songs, some yep. are featured collaborative stuff. You know, I really yeah. don't know. I just know that um, there's, there's a lot's happened in the last 20 years and I've met a lot of cool people. <laughs> yeah. I, and either doing stuff with them or for them or they're doing stuff for me. You know, the, the, the mm -hmm. people part of this is the best part. So, um, but yeah, a lot of, it's, it's been fun to put out so much stuff. Over the years. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. I mean, because you are very gregarious. You approached me and introduced yourself, and I was, uh, you know, that's just you. You seem to be very at ease around people, and you know, you work in a studio by yourself in a room, and a lot of people that I have spoken to over the twelve years that I've spoken to people like you, they aren't always that way. So what in your, you know, life or upbringing is that, is that just kind of how your folks are? Like how did, how did that, um, how's that a part of your personality? How's that working? I mean, I think it goes, it goes back to the beginning, but specifically for music stuff, I just found that the most talented, I've met a lot of musicians over my life, uh, in, in scenes and in school, but the most talented people I've ever met have all been attached to this video game music stuff. <laughs> like the best shredders, the best arrangers, the best producers, and that's just crazy. And I, and I feel like that shared interest just fosters conversation and you realize you might have something to contribute or they have something that you can't do. And so you're just sort of driven to do those kinds of things. Um, and and work with as many people as possible. A lot of it too is I came out of the band scene. I was in a lot of different bands and and just got used to playing music with with a lot of different people before mm -hmm. I started on my solo adventure as well. So I'm 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 drawn to it. I also am a control freak and like control and like <laughs> I like giving myself creative input. I, I like you know I like hands on the wheel, but I really love. Uh, I love it when you know a couple brains can get together and create something that would never have been created by one person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So guitar was the instrument you picked up first. That was your go-to right away. Absolutely, it was. Uh, yeah. It was. Uh, I was an '80s kid, and Slash was my hero. And I, <laughs> you know, I learned my first. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> Appetite for Destruction was the first tape I bought with my own money. Guns you know, and Roses, just for the youngins out there. We're talking oh Guns boy. and Roses. Just, yes, yes, Guns <laughs> and Roses, yes. The, you know, I, my dad taught me, my dad was a, is a player. He plays a lot of different stringed instruments, so it was in my house. Okay. Anyway, mm -hmm. he taught me the easy way to play um, uh, Sweet Child Paradise of Mine. City. Oh, Paradise, Paradise City. City. Okay. Sweet Child of Mine, years later. Let's <laughs> yeah, just I was going to say. That out there. Three, the three open chords you needed to take care of Paradise City is how it started. And then, you know, and then I, then I, you know, I, I sort of fell off of it because none of my friends were playing music. They were playing outside. They were playing mm. video games. So I dropped it. And then uh, Stone Temple Pilots came around. Oh, the God. grunge thing hit. I had friends mm. that I met, other peers that played guitar. Yeah. And that, I just, I perked me right up. I learned the pentatonic thing. I listened to 
played I played spin doctors with my buddy. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> I met people who also played, and that okay. got me back into it. But it's always been guitar. I still don't really my little cheapy keyboard here. I just sort of poke at it. I, I, <laughs> when I record, I use software to listen to my guitar and then translate it into MIDI data. So a lot of okay. times I may be writing music on something that isn't a guitar, but I absolutely am writing it on a guitar. So interesting. That's my thing. Yeah. So, so just conceptually thinking of music differently than a keyboardist would, right? Keyboard thinking like right hand is up high, left hand is down low. You're thinking about it like this, right? Not like yep. this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is, which can be really frustrating. Guitar is a peculiar instrument. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a huge physical barrier on uh, between you and music on a guitar that there isn't really with a piano. You can just lay your fingers down and sound happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can't, I mean, it, it, it's interesting when I, when I've been given things to play for other people for session work, it's, it's through some guitar plug-in they found, and they're writing these parts like piano players, and I have to go, okay, just want you to know that this is physically impossible for, <laughs> for a homo sapien, just so you know. And so, and, and so here's what we're probably going to have to do, and it, there hasn't really been a problem with it. They're like, I know, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, it's not the same thing, but I've made it work. It's still, it's still, my, it's still where my brain is. Mm -hmm. Do you read? Do you read music? Absolutely not. 100%. Okay. Do you read tab at all or no? A uh, little bit. There's okay. never really been much of a need to. Sure. Uh, I'm very much a yeah. by ear guy, but it's wow. been very helpful. And then if I and if I get assigned something, normally MIDI comes with it. But mm -hmm. yeah, I tried mm -hmm. taking class piano, and I ended up in college, and yeah. I really wanted to learn to read music, and I I you know would just learn the pieces and stop looking at the sheets and embellish. <laughs> you know, I I couldn't do it. My I'd already been wired a certain way, and I couldn't. Yeah. And get out, but oh my god, uh, it hasn't caused any real problems. And I know a lot of the composers I really, really like don't a lot of them don't read music either. So it's not mm -hmm, uh, it, mm -hmm. it's sort of like a whew, moment, right? I'm not going <laughs> to hit a wall with that. I'm right, not as much right. of a performer. I'm way much more of a songwriter. So mm. uh, I'm mm -hmm. okay with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Of course. Uh, yeah, I, I could go into a few different directions here, but I want to go back to something you said, which was, um, oh, just 90, you know, you grew up in the 80s. I grew up in the 80s. So 90s, like I was in high school from 90 to 94 and then college. But it's like, uh, I, I'm just curious what some of your other like favorite night. Or 80s guitar bands. I mean, because I went through an Aussie phase with Randy Rhodes and Zach Wilde, mm. and like I went through that phase, but also there's Soundgarden and Seven Dust. So yep. I don't know. I just yes. am curious. Yeah. Totally. Well, and from, from the 80s, it was mostly um, for guitar. If it was, okay. I mean, <laughs> Striper and Winger, like Red Beach, like all that crazy stuff. I yeah. loved it. Yeah, but I could never. I never really went that direction with my playing. Yeah, it was sort of, sort of like watching the X Games. Like I, I'm never gonna do it, but it's still cool to to enjoy. I think yeah. the I really was into the police, this the guitar sounds of the Police and the oh, Fix. Yeah, I love okay. the I love they do wild inversions and really cool chimey chords and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. 
learning some of that was uh, the biggest thing in the 80s. And then in the 90s, um, uh, you know, the grunge thing just sort of took me over. All, all mm-hmm. of the, all of the, the, um, all the Seattle bands uh, yeah. and all that stuff really, really got me and got me, that really helped form the way I think about um, slightly atonal stuff and the, yeah. the importance of, of creating tension and release and all that. And I, I really came from that. And then I discovered post-rock stuff in the mid nineties bands like, uh, like failure, mm. uh, and shiner. These are ones that they aren't as well known. People have heard they've sort of been discovered more later, but they really got into some strange, uh, territory. And that, that was really big for my songwriting. My favorite band of all time is called self. Uh, it's this guy, this guy named Matt Mahaffey. He's out of out of Tennessee, and the, his first album, Subliminal Plastic Motives, from 1995, wow. is changed the way that I listen, perceive music. I, oh, I, wow. I really just, I did my best to try and ape him in the way that I would approach songwriting and stuff. So, you know, I'm not a shredder. I'm not a really agile player. I can pull it off. I try to make notes matter because I'm not I'm not a fast player. Mm-hmm. I've always been way more into like David Gilmore and Pink Floyd stuff than oh, I have yeah. some of the shredders as far as how I play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was mostly, the most of the influences came from bands uh, as opposed okay. to guitar players specifically for sure, me. Sure. And, and weird song structures and stuff that's, somehow still catchy even though it's completely unpredictable mm-hmm. uh is the stuff that i really got into in yeah. the 90s yeah david gilmore is absolutely one of my favorite soloists like i love yep. the way he plays solos i think i love his phrasing he plays like a singer sings you know i mean he takes breaths and there's all this just creative you know phrase building and harmony and he he just never hits a quote-unquote wrong note which i know we can debate all day about what that means but like i i just oh my god i love i love hearing him play and just his tone too god i love him but um oh yeah uh when you talked about slash (laughs) there are these two solos that he plays in november rain which is a ridiculous song, right? It's a totally ridiculous song. But the two solos he plays in that song are so good to me. I just, again, just beautiful phrasing. Like, I think Slash is a great guitar soloist, too. I mean, it's crazy. And I don't think of shredding when I think of Slash, either. No. You know? Yeah. No, those those are playable solos. Yeah, they're um, playable. They're tasty. They're they're pretty. They're lyrical. They're, yeah. I don't know. Yep. Very things. lyrical, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he, him just similar with uh, with Gilmore. A buddy in college told me once that Gilmore makes the pentatonic scale not sound like the pentatonic scale. That was <laughs> that's his whole. It's completely true. So um, true. And Slash lives there in blues land a lot too, but mm-hmm. he does all this stuff, extra stuff, and moves around a lot, and 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 yeah. writes his own little song in a song. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can sing all his solos. Yeah. You can just go karaoke and just mouth guitar the whole this people yes. do, you know. Yes. Yes. You know? Of course. So. I've been that person before a time or two. Um, but let's let's stop talking about others and uh get back to focusing on on your playing. Um, because one of the things that uh I appreciate about your original music is your songwriting, your ability to structure a tune is really interesting to me and um, uh, fulfilling for me. So I uh, appreciate that that I just I just appreciate your construction. And I felt that whether it was Card of Darkness, which is a soundtrack you did, the game first came out in what, 19, 2019, I think. That sounds right. Yep. And just had a, an update in, I don't know, a year or two ago. But um, but also your, um, I don't know, was it a passion project, Narrow Band, which is an all you guitar instrumental situation. Um, really creative songwriting. So so yeah, let's let's uh, talk about that. Um, and and let's start with narrow band since we're in this rock world. <laughs> okay. So describe it. Tell me tell me about it. Well, I wanted to I wanted to write like a rhythm guitar record, like a guitar that went really hard. Songs that went really hard in the in the rhythm guitar direction. And there are, there are leads, there are motifs, there are things that repeat and that that, that happens. But um, I'm I'm a rhythm guitar guy. I I can almost guarantee you mo most of the songs on that record started with drums first. It's having an idea for uh, the backbone and then sort of making things work uh, on top of it. I didn't have it uh, a whole lot of. Uh, the direction I wanted to take it, as far as the the the, the concept was that I I wanted to get these get some songs written first that were somewhat loosely connected and uh, in, in vibe, but I I wanted to kind of I didn't want to name the songs until I was done with it. Oh, cool! Uh, and okay. then and what I did was I took I finished my six songs, and I because I, I was reading a lot about synesthesia. The mm -hmm. idea of, of see, seeing colors based on what you're what you you hear, mm -hmm. and I I I basically went and I, I actually ha I reached out to someone on Reddit to because I wanted I wanted him to listen to the record and see if he had any insight into what he was visualizing for for mm -hmm. this, uh, and he, he ended up not getting back to me. Uh, same with another guy, but I just I basically went. I've I've always felt like I've had a little bit of this, not as extreme as someone that that mm -hmm. writes a lot about it uh, and really understands it, but I I decided to to. To consider each song and and listen to what they what 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 color do they sound like to me? So it's a color themed record. I went down a list of Pantones and found exactly what Pantone I felt matched each song on that record. And huh. Pantone names are incredible. Every name on that record is actually a Pantone name. So no yeah, Astronaut, Barossa, uh, Marigold, mm -hmm. Red Mercury, Ribbon. Yep. Uh, Red Ribbon are all. So those all came awesome. from the colors that I feel best represent those songs. Oh wow! Uh, and narrow band is the is the visible band of light that you can see with the human eye. There's a huge spectrum, and the narrow band is essentially what we can see. So that's where that's the that that's where it ended up conceptually. But mm. at its core, it's just a sort of a space rock romp. Mm -hmm. um, I like to get. I, I'll. I, I I've always tried to like outline in my head how I approach writing a weird a weird prog song. And I can't 
there's not there's not a, there's not a whole lot of consistency. Sometimes I'll finish a, a skeleton in a day. Sometimes Barossa, I think I sat on for more like six months. Oh, um, wow. But yeah, it's really just it's working with all the instruments at once. It's um, not binding yourself to a certain length. I've written thirty second songs or eight minute songs. Just when the song's over, the song's over, and just sort of spend time there. And Naraband is the result of of that experiment. Some of your songs uh, that are up have lyrics. There's a lot of song songs uh, that you have done and worked on and collaborated on or written or whatever. So what uh, inspired you with with Narrowband to just, this is instrumental only? Uh, I think like, I'm, I don't, I can carry a tune, but I'm not as much of a fan of my own voice. Okay. Um, I, I, but I but I don't mind my guitar playing, and I think for me it's like <laughs> I want to write a song where I can do whatever I want and ride the entire scale of this guitar, and not feel like I need to come back and and track something that I'm not completely happy with. Mm-hmm. I've always been the most comfortable with just the rock instruments with other stuff twinkled on top. So um, about the same time I was working on that, I did write a song with vocal. Well, maybe it was a couple years before I wrote a song with vocals that I had not called Best of Times. And I had not written a song with vocals and lyrics and me singing in a very long time. And I even did the thing where I didn't allow myself to do it, use the computer at all. I sat with an acoustic guitar and I wrote the whole thing front to back. Like, so I had to, you know, not, not this cut and paste word processing mm-hmm. nonsense that we all do. Um, <laughs> and it was really fun to do that. And I, and I thought about doing it a, a, again, but I just had all these like riff ideas. The riff vault mm. was full. Um, <laughs> So I so I, I didn't want to like worry about doing a full record. I was really enjoying EPs at the time, and I still do like mm-hmm. a, a more complete thought and, and less songs. So I just I just went that way instead. think of this as a concept album? I mean, is that kind of how you would would label it? Uh, I mean, I think so, but I don't think yeah. it's something that... I, I, I was in a... I had a certain way that I wanted to approach each song um, that was similar between all of them, and I had a vibe I wanted to capture, but I, it isn't as much of a story as it's just sort of mm-hmm. a state of mind for me. You know, it was... Yep. The songs all feel connected, and I loved the idea of... of of uh, labeling the songs based on how they made me feel in a different way. Um, so it's all connected like that, but 
it's it's not um you know there's not a lot of morse code in there <laughs> there's not a there's no hero's tale but it's it's definitely a concept record for me personally yeah, yeah. And just some fantastic bass playing in there too. Are you? I mean, because I know you did everything, but I assume you're playing actual bass. Yes, I do yeah, play yeah. bass. I, pl- yeah. I play bass like a guitar player. I try not to. <laughs> I, I, I try to do like I try to do things that you know I think bass players might do. I always try to follow drums. I try. I try to do Stranger Things, not necessarily <laughs> stick stay on the route, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I do what I can. I I do like a really big, big gross bass sound. Um, to complement guitar and mm-hmm. and really lock in with drums, so I, I don't know. But yes, I did. I did everything on that on that record. That was all me. Like your drum kit, you got a drum kit down there somewhere, and all the things. Those are not. Th- those are not. Well, I had oh, an electronic okay. kit, but those those are program drums. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay. Believe okay. it or not, yes, I yeah. spend I spend a lot of time programming mistakes into my drum programming. <laughs> Most people will record wow. a player and they'll just quantize them and then yep. sample replace them and call it. But I've spent I've spent a lot of time trying to humanize drums as much as possible because I that's what I want I, I want yeah. it to sound like a, like a dude I can yeah. play drums but yeah. I, but I'm not in a place to record a kit that sounds quite like that mm-hmm. um, so uh, yeah but those are all uh, it's all trickery uh, <laughs> you know no one can rush a, a fill like a real person so I'm trying <laughs> right? you know, trying to do that trying to do that too enjoy uh, that album and I just look forward to having that now in, in my rotation in life because it's I mean it, it just really does hit some just really delightful like nostalgia you know um, it's got that sound and but yet modern right I mean it's like this wouldn't have been written in the 90s but it's like got that sound and um, uh, super, super enjoyable. And I did write down rhythm guitar. I'm like, you've got a lead and rhythm. It's just, it's very guitar forward, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, but you know, mm-hmm. and then it's just that, and I loved it. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate you listening to it. I, I realize it's yeah. been years since that came out. I mean, it was 2016, mm-hmm. and it makes me realize how, how wild things have been since then. Um, and I yeah. have, again, I, and I will say, I've, I've been telling people this the riff vault is full again i have ideas <laughs> good i have to i have to like make time for it my buddy mm-hmm. uh josh from bonus stage is my uh, accountability buddy which was a <laughs> term that i learned from mustin oh, from the one up yeah. during his talk Mustin. at vgm con he talked about getting an accountability buddy someone that will that Amazing. will 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 bust on you till you actually get mm-hmm. stuff done so he's my guy 
He's going to write me every so often and yell at me and send me gifts, and then I'll eventually get this, I don't know, narrowband follow-up. Maybe I'll maybe I'll just do a, a single. I don't know what, but yeah. I'll uh, hopefully more to come in that yeah. uh, in that realm. Yeah, I mean, I I guess intentionally I ended up being most interested when I noticed it in your original music, right? I mean, because you've got so many wonderful covers and they're, they're great and we could talk on and on about that too. Uh, but I was very much drawn to Narrowband because of its originality and also to Card of Darkness because that's an original soundtrack, right? So I'm just like, oh, what's, what is grant sound like you know mm. um and and so and then literally after hitting play i'm like well i'm gonna stay here for a while this is great <laughs> awesome yeah, yeah. I, I, I started in you know I, vgm isn't where i started it's where a lot of people start now right um, but, i know but, yeah but you but back but you know it was it was bands and it was writing songs and you know, recording on your four or eight track. And it was, it was, so it was the songwriting first. And then I figured out a way to sort of inject my love of video games into it. And every once in a while it will fall off and I'll, I'll, I'll do something else. And then it comes, it comes right back. Uh, mm -hmm. But no, yeah, being able to, being able to do original music for games is definitely like a, that's a, that's a, that's a dream. Yeah. Never so, really thought that would have been. been yeah. A yeah. I mean, well, let's talk about Card of Darkness and this, um, uh, is the art hand drawn or something like that? I mean, just really creative, adorable art style. Uh, really difficult card game on Apple Arcade, which seriously, I love having. I love having Apple Arcade personally. Um, so I've enjoyed playing it, even though I'm quite terrible at it. It's very hard, but it's really cute, and the music is great. So talk to me about Card of Darkness and how you got involved with that, and and then we'll talk about some of the specific tracks, too. Sure, sure. So the game is sort of a, the brainchild of uh, Zach Gage uh, and Pendleton Ward, who's from Adventure Time. He did all the art for the game, uh, or a lot of it, and Choice Provisions, who is a company that I've done work with uh, over the years. And I, you know, I, I was getting pulled in to do this, and I, I had an idea about what I thought it might, it should maybe sound like by how it looks, and I and I, you know, I I sent like a demo of something, and he's like, "This is great." He's so happy. Like we gotta, we got this game is hard. This game is the the art in this game is deceptive on purpose. Yes, yes. It, you you it is it is the it is darkness, right? So I, we went through rounds of of demo. I should send you a couple of these because it's fun. You can hear the demo get darker and darker until we landed <laughs> on the sound we were going to go for. And where we ended up was this sort of mix of like, um, he really likes the Secret of Mana soundtrack. Mm. Uh, so do I. Mm -hmm. And uh, and a lot of like old analog sounds and sent some, some demos of things he likes. And so we ended up with this sound I never would have predicted for a game this colorful and bouncy and cute. Um... And uh, yeah, it's there's a song for each world essentially, uh, and then and they're all 
there, there, it was so much fun writing that thing. I got mm-hmm. to do a lot of the weird stuff that I like, but mm-hmm. use a lot of, this was one where I got to use a lot of instrumentation I wasn't used to. Ain't a lot of guitar on this thing. Um, right. So, yeah. But I wrote it, but it's all written on guitar. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. And uh, yeah, so we ended up with this very sort of dark, sort of somber, but oddly, you know, uh, intense at times soundtrack for this really colorful game by the Adventure Time guy. It's yeah. very, it's really funny, but boy, it was just a joy to work on. Um, I had a lot of fun working on that. some really fun sounds you got too. So you said you wrote it all on guitar, um, but you don't obviously perform a lot of it on guitar. So then how are you, tra- are you but you're using the keyboard to map the sounds or how do, how do you end up, you know, landing on the sounds that you used? Oh uh, yeah, I, a lot of there's a lot of different uh, uh, instrument packages for with you know uh, sampled instruments that I used, and I did pull on a lot of old Casio samples for drums, oh, like really really tiny, peculiar uh, 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 lo-fi samples that I could then manipulate into my own uh, kit. And but yeah, it was it was uh you know it wasn't always uh, playing guitar into the computer for these, but a lot of the chords and a lot of the melodies you hear definitely started on guitar. And yeah, there are lots of different um, different string machines, a lot of odd percussion. But yeah, it's it, it, it's all, it normally starts with just getting, you know, getting a, a foundation done with the guitar into the machine. And then I sort of go back and move things around and rewrite things and, and, and plunk at my cheap keyboard. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, it, it, I wrote this like I write a lot of a lot of uh, other stuff, and it all it's all it's it's a guitar driven record, even though you never hear it. Right? Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. Um, some of the bass stuff, uh, particularly toward the end, really stood out to me. There's a track called "The Baxland Delves." Yeah, that's yeah. Great. <laughs> this bass sound you get in there is, bow, bow. yeah, totally. so funny. Yeah. Oh, great God, old, I love it. old Moog. Sound and then a lot of like I'm a big fan of um, a lot of some of the fun uh, solo stuff that uh, Eddie Van Halen did early on, where he would he would manipulate his uh, he would manipulate his volume uh, switch into a delay pedal. So he would you know he basically would go. He would just go womp 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 womp, but it had this you know it has all these all this delay, and that's sort of the idea behind the main sort of flutter in that song is is just the trick of that 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 kind of dotted delay. Eddie made his way into my Baxland Delves and he never knew. 
God. Amazing. R.I.P., buddy. Um, yeah. Slellin Realm also has really cool bass in it. I'm having to play it. Yeah, There's this some, was, this was yeah. like, I, I was like, Zach, you cool if we get a little, we put a little bit of a groove in there, get a little darker? <laughs> uh, and he was game. I got yeah. to do some really weird proggy stuff, and, and he—I mean, there was really, uh, you know, like sometimes when you when you submit a tune for a project, mm-hmm. you 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 don't sometimes you just want to send and let them hear it, and then and then and see what they have to say. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, it's worth making a few a tiny case for a track. Like there's an idea behind it, and sometimes that is like all you need for something someone to go, oh, we're good. That's great. That's yeah. fine. Um, so yeah, things got stranger and stranger is the. Uh, as the soundtrack went on. I love how you do a reprise of the title theme and it's just like, you know, dreamy. The reprise is kind of dreamy. Um, why did you do a reprise? Um, this was not originally in the, the plan, but they, um, there's an, uh, the game, Zach Gage also did R- Ridiculous Fishing uh, and there was a, uh, rep- a dark reprise in that game that he really really liked or at least an ending track that had a certain vibe sort of an empty uh uh, ness to it that he really liked so i wanted to capture that and i was like this is the time to pull back this is this is the time to bookend you know so uh it was just taking that and and turning it into a different piece entirely it's basically like a rearranging your own song uh that's when i blew my own mind um So that's what that was. And, it, and it's on its own. I think it's a really cool piece. It could have oh, been the yeah. theme for something for a different game. And then there's a whole remix album of Card of Darkness from of other artists. So talk to me about how that and how that all came to be. Yeah, so um, I've done a lot of work with uh, Bravewave, uh, who is a, a company that works a lot with uh, Eastern artists and Western artists. But they've they've brought a lot of old old Japanese composers uh, back to do original music. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been doing that for a long time. And the uh, uh, Mo, who was a big fan of this game and really liked the soundtrack, is like, I've wanted to try and get, pull on a lot of the talent they've done work with to, to try and put together a remix record uh, quickly. Not some big, they, they've done lots, lots of big albums with Brave Wave. Um, so he reached out to a list of people 
uh, to see who would be into maybe grabbing tracks off of this record, off the Brave Wave roster. And what we ended up with was this like completely insane compilation of artists like T. Lopes is on here, <laughs> uh, Keiji Yamagishi from Ninja Gaiden. We got Sarah Kobayashi who did Panzer Dragoon. Uh, and I, I ended up pulling on, I've, I've, I've become some, somewhat friends with Vince DiCola who did like, you know, Rocky and Transformers soundtrack over the years. And I reached out to him to cover the reprise just because he's a piano guy. He's done these amazing <laughs> piano arrangements. He's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> So all of a sudden, this like unbelievable remix record came out of yeah. of Card of Darkness that I feel trumps uh, the original in terms of quality. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just filled with these amazing artists taking these weirdo songs. Yeah. I, I mean, I gave them stems and, and midis and stuff. It's like oh, here's, cool. here's and, you know, yeah. use what you want, if any. Some people just threw it out. Some people <laughs> did proper remixes, but T Lopes was the first. He sent back a, a draft. Mount Label Grave, which is one of my favorite tracks. That it's track weird. is great. He picked it's that one. Weird. He was the first one to call a track, and he liked it enough that he finished. He did a remix in like a day. It's got horns in it. honored this thing got to happen it's all because of brave wave and wow. it was a it was a successful experiment i think they, they finished the whole remix record in about a month oh between God. originally reaching out and a couple people having to drop really quickly we ended up getting uh every song covered and we did uh, hmm. uh apoc good friend of mine who does who's in super strikers with a, a band i'm in that does stuff with brave wave he mm -hmm. was on here I, the Super Strikers band I'm actually in, uh, that's the Brave Wave band. We did, a, we did a cover of a track on here too. So it was just this like rat race to get this remix record done. as sort, mm. of, sort of an experiment. Yeah. Um, and it worked and it's an honor. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's awesome. So. It's amazing. Uh, where'd you grow up? Did you grow up in California? No, I grew up uh, in rural North Carolina. So oh, okay. east of Charlotte, like about an hour. So there I was there. A little draw there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it yeah. it pops up. Yeah. Uh, and then I uh, I went to college in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I was back in Charlotte uh, for a while, and then moved to uh, California in 2014. Oh, okay. So I've been here almost 10 years. That's crazy. Wow. Yep. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, a couple of projects that I didn't even get to, but that are definitely 
we need to mention, and there's plenty of time, I'm not, you know, winding down or anything, but um, Hextech Mayhem for League of Legends. Do you want to talk about that briefly? Because again, I didn't, I didn't get to it, but, but I, it's, yeah. it's a worthy of a mention. Sure. So that was, um, that's by, uh, that's, uh, Hextech Mayhem is a game centered around this character called Ziggs, and Ziggs is a hero in League of Legends. So mm-hmm. League of Legends has all these heroes, and Riot decided they wanted to have um, some indie companies build uh, small games centered on their heroes, the most popular, the most the, the heroes that it makes sense for us to take advantage of. So sure. uh, Riot reached out to Choice Provisions, who I do a lot of work for, and and were like, "What? Like, what do we want to do?" So we ended up working on this sort of musical. It's almost like a, it's almost like a cross between a platformer and a DDR game in a way. Okay, uh, <laughs> and it's it's basically Ziggs, who is this little sort of, he's a yordle. Which I don't know if the best way to describe a yordle. It's sort of a cat, kind sort of, of not, but he's this, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a little bit of a little lot of things, and he sort of builds bombs in the garage. He's like bombs with duct tape on them, and the whole Amazing. story is is it, basically he's going around destroying Piltover with his bombs and wreaking havoc. Um, and so I got pulled in to do music for that, and you know, Riot is a very musical company, uh, yeah. big studio there, make a lot of music there, but the. Ziggs never had a theme song. Like Ziggs never had a had like a music video or a track. So we had to find Ziggs sound. So we inter, inter, ended up with a lot of sort of uh, found instruments, a lot of a lot of bounciness. Sounds like it's sort of in the garage. The the theme sounds sort of like a like a tinkering thing. Um, wanted it to be a little unhinged, like a little off, and also kind of wanted it to rock. If they were okay for it, Riot's put out some heavy music, so they, yes. they didn't take long to convince them that that was okay. <laughs> yes. So yeah, we made this. Uh, I did this. Did the big soundtrack for this this game where it's it's a. Uh, I mean, I, and it's it, the soundtrack is up to, to check out. I feel like it's best in game just because every jump is a kick drum and every slam is a snare awesome. consistently through the entire game. So it's all very much, <laughs> you are sort of the drum section in this game. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it was, it was tough. I mean, it's working with another IP, so it has to work and yep. it needs to not change the universe in any way. It's, it's, it's sort of its own, it's its own thing. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun, totally different kind of experience. Yeah. So yeah. it was really cool. about Metroid Metal. That's what kicked a lot of this off. Right? Uh, yeah, I, I did a... Uh, yeah, I, I did a little video last week talk, or a couple weeks ago about the fact that it just turned... That project just turned 20. I made a little <laughs> retrospective YouTube video, which is crazy. But yeah, I, I just decided to... 
I was a big fan of a lot of the video game bands that were out at the time, like Mini Bosses and um, the Neskimos, and decided to do my own little prog rock cover of a song from Metroid, the, the title screen music, um, and uploaded it to the IGN boards because uh, that's all where I was. There was no social media. And then people mm-hmm. seemed interested in it, so I just sort of kept going. And then fast forward however many years, and it got turned into a it got turned into a full band. We've played Magfest a number of times. We've played PAX. We don't put out a lot of new stuff now, but we just sort of play when we can. And that is certainly my introduction to so the 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 deeper community of the video game music scene. It's how I lot of, met a lot of my closest friends, and mm-hmm. um, and it's it's something. It's the reason I've really kept the Stemage name. Um, I went through a period where I was trying to decide whether to switch to Grant Henry, which some composers do, or keep the Stemage thing. But I was mm-hmm. like, I'm still running into people at these cons, and they're like, Stemage, the <laughs> like the Metroid Metal guy, and I can say yes. Yeah, it's been going a long time, and, and uh, again, we don't play a lot anymore yeah, as a group. Yeah. But we, but we do when we can. We play when we can. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with regards to gaming, what was that like for you as a youngster? When did you like? What games did you play, and what systems, and all the things? Yeah, I think we we had um, we had a twenty six hundred. Which there isn't a whole lot of music going on there, but we started with that. We did mm-hmm. get we did go through the Nintendo phase. We we got in uh, we got a Genesis, and then okay. we sold my brother. This is my we as in my brother and I, right? We were just far enough in age that we weren't in the same world, but we still played video games together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we sold the Genesis for the Super Nintendo because Street Fighter Two came out. We've so we 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 experienced all that. Those those were what yeah. we played. We got we did the PlayStation thing, and then I missed the I missed sort of the the N64 I didn't pick up. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of systems that I just that were sort of near me, but I didn't mm-hmm. actually pick up myself. Um, but I always sort of stay. It wasn't until I think the game when the GameCube came out after I graduated college um, that was when I sort of picked it back up and became sort of an enthusiast again. Uh, but there was a window where I was just playing it in my across the hall in the dorms. I, I didn't really yeah. have it in, in my. There was a lot going on in school and. Um, and so I wasn't playing. I was playing a lot of Goldeneye and Mario Kart with the, with with people, but I didn't. There's a there's a lot of win, uh, games that I missed that I had to kind of go back to later. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was definitely a, a, you do whatever your friends do a lot of the times. And yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I did have a number of video game friends when I was a kid, so it was a, it was a big part of my childhood mm-hmm. for sure. It, do you game much now? Yes, as I mean, as much as possible. Right. I, I I go I go through fits. I I I'll, I'll get on a. A, a tear with something and 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 then I'll have to come back later. It's just it just you know I I do try to make time for it and there's a lot of games that I like that like um, uh, my wife really enjoys watching certain kinds of games. She really likes the horror games. So like we oh, we're going wow. through Resident Evil Four right now as slow <laughs> as possible. Yeah, <laughs> savor it, take it in. Yeah, uh, we always play those. Uh, I am excited to play the new Zelda. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a, I'm a racing game fanatic. I love rally racing, so oh, I'm always trying the, okay. the, the newest rally game. You know, okay, um, those get not, super technical. They I mean, do. that's the point, right? Yeah, I get I yeah. get excited about them, and then they, and then they make me sweat and stress me out. But I still love them. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, not a big not a big uh, not a big RPG guy. Really, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. I love games with RPG elements. I love adventure games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm the the biggest games I'm not as into. I'm not I'm not really good at shooters, so I don't play a lot of shooters. Okay. I just play lots and lots of indies. Sure, all the indies that come through on on Game Pass, I'll check out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just, I like I like weird games. I like ga- games that do something different. I played a uh, Norco recently, and it blew my mind. I don't know if you're oh, familiar with Norco. Yes, yes. Okay, I haven't played just, it, but I've heard about it. Yeah, just I, incredible. I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just nuts. So yeah, I like I like the. Yeah. I heard there's a game that just came out that's. Uh, um, it's a strategy game, but it's like typing of the dead. So you have to type to do to like deploy units and mine ore and stuff, like <laughs> with type words. Okay. Yeah, that's so weird. I'll take that's it. Really that's really weird. Kind of, that, I would yeah, try it's it. very strange. I so I don't know. Always, always trying to find something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be talking to, and I've had him on the show a few times before, John Robert Matz in a yeah. week or two. I can't remember when, but I've got a, something scheduled with him about Chia which I got a platinum trophy in. I mean, it's just, I loved that game and went through it. Once I started, I was like, it's like I barely stopped. I loved it so much. And just, it turns out you played on that soundtrack. So uh, tell, tell me about that. John Robert Matz and I have gotten to work on a, a, several things over the years, which is, which is really cool. We've, we've uh, tag teamed a few different things on the, 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 the Devolver Digital uh, showcases that happen each each year. He always scores okay. those, and I've done you know uh, credits tracks for them. And so we, we we keep in touch a lot. But yeah, that that theme was recorded um, probably three years ago. And at the time, I don't even think he told me what the name of the game was. So it was like <laughs> it was like a shadow drop for yeah. for me. Like I, I was like, oh, it's this game. I do this. I do this. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm so happy for him, and, and the yeah. soundtrack is just incredible. Oh, and the so game, good. it's on Epic Game Store. It's on PlayStation. I only have an Xbox, and I kind of mm. want to make it a couch thing. I don't know if it's ever gonna. It's gonna come maybe in a year or so to Xbox, but I kind of yeah. want to wait it out because I want the couch. Like yeah. I want to kind of sit back instead of doing yep. the computer thing. Yep. Um, but he is just a joy. He's oh, so he's brilliant. Great. Yeah, he's great. He's such a such a great guy to work with. And he's mm-hmm. so, I'm always I'm always sending him random questions, musical questions, like you know, because <laughs> he's just so he's so good with that stuff. Yeah, uh, and incredible talent, incredible player. So, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. You're gonna have him on. He's awesome. game just since you're in a place with winters it's a great winter game because it hit right Mm. at the end of winter here when we still had 70,000 feet of snow on the ground and it was the perfect getaway so keep that in mind for very cool when you get to play it (laughs) it was a fun it was a fun theme to play on because it's so like I I, I, a lot of my stuff is just kind of weird I I like I, I could try and emulate some some big budget movie composer people I could try and do that but there's mm-hmm. people that already do that well so I yeah. try to do something different mm-hmm. um, and and every once in a while I hear my song on something so unbelievably professional 
I, I hear my I hear my playing on something, and yeah. and this was one of those songs. I heard this, and I'm like, this is real music, Todd. <laughs> this is re- this is real stuff, and you put my acoustic guitar in there. What are you thinking. But it's it's awesome. He's he's great, and it's a joy to be able to play on his on his real music. Yeah, <laughs> it's a joy to hear it. Um, yeah, with acoustic, electric. What do you? I mean, did you was electric guitar your very first, or was acoustic guitar your first instrument? It was electric. It was electric because uh, you said Steve Vai. Yeah. So oh yeah, yeah. Was, mm-hmm. You know, whatever crappy distortion pedal I had at the time, yeah. it never it never sounded quite as good. But yeah. no, I, I'm I'm very much an electric guy. But I have all the. Mm-hmm. I, I record a lot of acoustic. I did a lot of. I've done. Acoustic several times for for John Robert Matz. I did a lot of acoustic for Steven Universe, the cartoon. Right, that's uh, right. Because Greg Greg was always playing his acoustic, and so all the acoustic playing was was that. So I've acquired, <laughs> you know, I have my steel string, I have my classical, I got my tw- I bought a twelve string recently. I had a reason to find. Nice. I, all I need is a reason. I need a gig that lets me buy the guitar. Yeah. I need like I only have one. I don't have a lot of gear. I have one guitar that each guitar has a job, but I did not have the twelve <laughs> string yet. So, uh, so now I can play um, more than a feeling, and it sounds just like the song or, or whatever. Isn't Cashmere the Zeppelin tune? Is Cashmere on twelve? There's oh. so many. It's so many. Yeah, Cashmere. Uh, what's the? Um, Wish you were here, Pink Floyd. That's another. That's another oh, go-to. That's on. Know. That's on twelve string. Yeah. It's the first thing I did when I got it was took a take it home and try to remember all the old songs. That, yeah, of course, they sound right on the twelve string. <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I love electric and I love crafting a tone, um, yeah, okay. primarily. But, mm-hmm. but I do, I do love playing acoustic guitar. There's nothing quite like it. I really like classical. I love the warmness of oh, a nylon string yeah. guitar. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, talk about that though, crafting a tone on an electric guitar, because that is something I would imagine a lot of people aren't really aware of or haven't really maybe thought of. So this would be a really good opportunity for you to kind of talk about that special thing that electric guitar players do sure i mean you know what we're what we are doing in the modern age is attempting to recreate digitally the sound of an amplifier that is it has tubes on fire sending sound waves out of a speaker and and make and, and and creating resonance in the cabinet like it's all this stuff that happens you know in the real world uh and and doing that uh it, it, in a computer is a lot easier than it used to be. Mm. Uh, I, I don't keep my guitar amp and mic set up regularly because a lot of what I want to do does I, I can do with with plugins and with uh, amp mm. emulation software. There are so many, uh, <laughs> and a lot of them aren't that bad. But um, I find that like uh, I have sort of a, a collection of tones I go to by default for 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 the the sounds I like. If it's a mm-hmm. soaring lead guitar tone, or if it's a something with a pitch shifter on it, uh, something strange or something fuzz tone. Um, but every single every single song I do, I try to I try to do something. Unless it's a traditional metal track, I try to do something a little different. I try to make guitar something sound a little strange about it, just to to do something new. Sure. Um, 
but yeah, a lot, there's a lot of software out there for a, a very reasonable price to 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 allow you to take a, take your electric guitar, plug it into your interface, and sound like uh, an amp you might expect to see at a at a, at a big rock show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not it's not difficult to get there. Uh, again, it's it's the you know it's what you do with the tools uh, in the end. But uh, but yeah, it's a lot easier to do that than than uh, you used to be able to. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. No kidding. My favorite, um, my favorite software right now that no one I really know is using is called S Gear. S hyphen G E A R. It's a, it's a guitar amp simulator that I find just sounds real. It's mm. the most real sounding one that I've found. Mom. It isn't. It doesn't have the digital harshness. It's a lot warmer. It has a lot more uh, analog artifacts and things that you expect to hear in a tone. A tone is supposed to be dirty. It's not supposed to be perfect if that's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So I like that one a lot. If you're a guitar player and you're looking, you're you're, you're VST shopping. Uh, <laughs> S gear is very cool. Very, okay. I've used it to play live as well. Oh, so, cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, how often are you getting out there live? You mentioned, you know, Metroid Metal doesn't play very much, but I'm just curious, you know, how much you're actually out performing. You know, I I was on a pretty good tear before COVID. I with uh, the solo stemmage show. You know, I I finally got uh, the nerve up to set up the laptop and make some videos and do all the things that people do when they do these solo shows. And I yeah. played. Several. Uh, I played Mag West. I played, uh, went down to, to LA and played open for a buddy of mine's band. And I had several gigs set up. I had one in Seattle set up I was really excited about. And then, and then it all, and it all turned into airplane credit. Um, <laughs> so I haven't played a lot. And I did, a, I did one live stream. Um, but other than the recent Metroid Metal show uh, that we did, and there was one this past summer, not playing out a lot. It's, it's a, it it takes a little bit of training every time it's time. I got it three weeks before. I got to stand up and and not look at my guitar neck and kind of <laughs> figure out how to do it again. Yeah. Um, I enjoy it. I do find it a little bit stressful. Again, I'm a kind of a control freak. So if I don't mm. know exactly how things are going to go uh, or what the room's like, it's a, it's it can be a little overwhelming. But uh, I do enjoy it. So yeah. I'd yeah. like to do more. I just haven't quite gotten back in that that swing yet. Mm-hmm. Do you have plans to come back to VGM Con next year? I have plans on convincing as many people as possible, musician people, like yeah. my butt, you know, VGM Con, I may have said this to you too, but it just felt like a gigantic green room. It was yeah. just all the talent, yeah. mag and all these other events. Yep. All the people that are, that was just like hanging out backstage is yeah. what it was, what it felt like. And music pouring out of every room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, it's reminded me how many fun music people I've met over the years. Because I ran into people I had no idea were going to be there. And they didn't oh, know cool. I was going to be there. It's just, it's <laughs> just awesome. so cool to, to see them there. Yeah. So absolutely, MAG is, is, a, is a lot. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just because the fan base is so it's big, big, and this yeah. isn't this isn't quite as much of a fan con. I know, I know people were that were there that weren't musicians, but mm-hmm. it's not really built for for that, right? It isn't right. Um, the the panels are educational. Uh, mm-hmm. The you know, there's a lot of stuff going on that doesn't necessarily interest uh, a, a, a fans, but we're all fans, so yeah. yeah. Uh, but absolutely, I will. I will. I will be back in a heartbeat. I, I can't Good. went to the 2020 one uh, and then skipped a year and came back. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah 2020 Loved was that. Yeah, that was right before shutdown. Like days before shutdown. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you go to that one? 
Yes, but I wasn't there there as much. I, I was I did a panel and I was like there for the panel and gone. Like mm, I, I was yeah. working and yeah, that was I was doing the morning show. I didn't take any time off around it and this time I took time off around it and um you know, I, I encourage folks to either stay a day longer or come a day early and we'll do some fun Minneapolis stuff. I just love it here. And, yeah. Um it's a good spot and Hopefully the weather's good. <laughs> we never know, obviously. I don't think you know anywhere in the United States in April what it's going to no, be you like, don't. you know, like what the hell. You don't. So, um, but it yeah. was but it really was uh it was so much fun. It was uh yeah. it, that was just before the the Metroid Metal birthday was happening that, that okay. next week. Yeah. So it just made I was just thinking about that constantly about how 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 much things have changed, how big this mm. scene is and how many mm-hmm. Musicians are being created because of the love of video game music. Yes, you know. Yes, it's not. It's not something they're discovering after they've already taken lessons. I mean, I think these there's a lot of kids that are learning how to play difficult instruments. Yes, because they want to play the songs they love, and yep. that's incredible. So this is just, Best. if anything, helping to further that, which I can I can do nothing but support mm-hmm. for sure. Awesome. Well, Grant, what more do you want to talk about? I mean. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I will say I have a couple of really strange things I'm working on. I'm, oh, I'm about to finish uh, about to finish a short film, my first short film, oh, which I'm very cool. excited about. Is it the first time you've scored a picture? Um, I, yes, okay. except like cut scenes. <laughs> like, sure, I've scored for like sound design and, and music for stuff like that. But this is yeah. sort of yeah. you know narrative beginning to end. Not a very a particularly long piece, but. Um, it was. It's been a lot of fun to work on, and cool. I don't know the where that's going to to go or what's going to happen. But it, it's been a completely different, a, a new thing for me, mm-hmm. and it's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And a couple other strange multimedia ish, like game adjacent things, I'm working on too. So it's just it's fun to keep pivoting, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been it's been great. So yeah. I it's, yeah, excited to 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 try some new stuff. It's always fun to try new stuff. Yeah, what do you like about working on the film? Um, I think like the most, I got lucky that the people that I was involved with, they knew my music. Okay. They didn't want me to create my music for this. They didn't want me to just make a bunch of stemmage stuff. They wanted me to do what made sense for this. And this is what they thought made sense for this. But they, mm-hmm. they had faith that I could do that. Cool. Um, just cause they know kind of what my stuff sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so already I feel like I was in a pretty good place to, to, um, Make a case for the stuff I was making, and and mm-hmm. um, and so right off, basically, uh, what I'm trying to say is that I worked with, I got lucky to work with some good people outright. If I had been hired sort of more cold call style, maybe it wouldn't have gone quite as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that I I have enjoyed um, working with someone else to help to uh, to help. Uh, capture their vision in in, in musical form. Uh, it's mm-hmm. again, it's the same situation of I might have an idea of something that represents something, and I might go, and then I was completely wrong in how I was interpreting something, yeah. and need to be corrected. Um, but there's other times I brought completely left field ideas to the table, and it absolutely worked in the end. So I I, mm-hmm. I enjoy that kind of back and forth, mm-hmm. but it has to be with a team that you you know, that you respect and you work well with and stuff. So that's, right. that's, that's been really important. Right. Um, and I, I, I got lucky in that regard mm-hmm. for this project. So. 
yeah. been fun. One other thing I, I neglected to to ask about, because you, you mentioned them a couple of times in this chat tonight, you can just see in your credits that you've done a lot of work with Devolver Digital as well. So uh, do you mm. mind talking about that too? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a company called Imagos Films that does all of the Devolver, or has done all the Devolver uh, summer showcase media blowout fake yeah. E3 shows. For people who don't know, they're not like regular E3 shows. They're like... They're like heady, fourth-wall-busting, anti-marketing <laughs> genre films, essentially, that have happened every summer okay. uh, in sequence, start with the same starring cast and different movie themes for each one. Uh, and so I got... I um, Several years ago, John Robert Matz has been has done all those. Okay. So, and he could speak a lot of that, to a lot of that as well. But uh, there was one year where he reached out and said, "Hey, we are wanting to do." This was the pandemic episode. This was the episode oh. where they actually pulled off filming for you know, wow. this was I guess right after the pandemic had started, or a little while after, and they wanted some sort of like victorious rock song, sort of this like. You know, for a bunch of thumbs ups that were going to happen by all of the people, the crew that worked on it during the credits. So I wrote credits music, and I got my buddy the Arcadian to sing uh, on the track, and we wrote this kind of like really inspiring, almost Rocky like kind of eighties anthem for it. And then that worked worked really well. So I just kept doing it. I just kept getting getting pulled in to do credits themes, and each credits theme was sort of based on a different property. So the year after that was um, Friends. Yeah, it was eighty. It was ninety sitcoms, right? Oh God, yeah. And I think last year was um, Neverending Story. So I wrote. Um, I actually got a Jupiter, uh, emulated Jupiter because that's what they used on Neverending Story. I found almost the exact patches for everything, and I wrote a new version of the Neverending Story theme with a duet because it's a duet with my wife and my buddy, the Arcadian. I'll tell you what, that, that's been, those have all been brain breakers, but it's been fun because I've had to try and write bops. Like, I've had to try and write, like, <laughs> I've had to leave Card of Darkness and try and write a pop song. Uh, and that's, again, it's a With whole a different hook. thing. I probably yeah. I probably wouldn't have done if it wasn't for, for right. opportunity, you know? Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Um, but it's been great. They're a bunch of weirdos and it's always fun <laughs> to do stuff with them. So that's how that, how that happened. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm just so grateful you're out there making music because I've enjoyed every note of it and, uh, I just can't wait to hear what you're coming up with next. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. It was a pleasure running to you at, uh, VGM Con. I, I, Absolutely. You're up there uh, on stage with the uh, Vidarian. I'm like, who's this person who knows everything about Vidarian? <laughs> And I'm, I'm good friends with Rosie. Oh, I was like, Rosie's oh, it's Emily. Best, yeah, yeah, she runs this rad podcast, and she's cool. She's, good, she's family. So it was good excuse to say hello. I didn't know I'd be I'd be a guest, but I'm honored. Oh, I'm so, so. glad. I'm so glad I met you. And um, yeah, it was nice. I can't wait for you to come back, and uh, uh, we'll do this again. We'll do this again yeah. sometime for sure. So thank you so much, Grant. Sounds good. Yeah, thank cool. you.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Level with Emily, featuring a conversation with Grant Stemmage Henry. You can learn more about him, see a playlist, and support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. Check out the video of my chat with Grant on the Level with Emily YouTube channel. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. All those things help us out tremendously. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hi. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.